and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Chris Gillibo. He is the New York Times best-selling author of Happiness of Pursuit, the $100 Startup. He's also the founder of one of my favorite conferences of all time called World Domination Summit. And he's the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Born for This, How to Find the Work You Were Meant to Do. So, Chris, welcome back. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me back. So I'm going to say this, not in an attempt to be funny, but it is going to be funny. Um, I think you were born to write this book. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I think you have spent a great deal of your... The time I've known you, and certainly the going back at least in a you know decade or so of, sure. of really kind of helping people doing the work you you want to do, feel like doing, and then seem you know you've built an entire community. I think a lot of the the kind of vibe of the whole world domination community is mm-hmm. people looking to find work they were born to do. Yeah, well, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I do feel like I've I found the work that I was meant to do, and I, I followed a very nonlinear path to get there. But, uh, you know, one of the things I learned in the book and in researching and writing the book is that actually, actually a lot of successful people, you know, follow a nonlinear path. And, yeah. and most people actually don't know, you know, what they want to be when they grow up, when they're six years old, or even when they're 16 or 26 or 36, you know, sometimes. And so th- those successful people, when I say successful, of course, I mean, like by your own definition of success, yeah. you know, those successful people are actually go down lots of different paths and kind of follow a twist and turn and, you know, they're not afraid to kind of turn back and go on, on a different path as well. So, so thanks for saying that. But I feel fortunate because I've got great people and I, I my hope that I, I can, you know, produce something that's useful for them. You know, I, I think it's obviously really cool if that 20, 22-year-old, you know, discovers, hey, this is what I want to do and I'm passionate mm-hmm. about it. But I think it's actually even cooler when that 45-year-old who's felt stuck all their life <laughs> uh, yeah. discovers that. Completely agree. And the thing is, like, for that 22-year-old, yes, that's that's wonderful you know, and, and there are stories like that and examples like that. But, you know, I would say those are the exceptions. Right. And, and the rest of us kind of feel a lot of pressure, you know, whether we're 22 or 30 or whatever, because of, the, of the, the few exceptions. And we think we're kind of missing out. We think like we're supposed to know what our life purpose is. We're yeah. supposed to know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't know, if it, it has to be like this very identifiable thing. Yeah. You know, it should be like this very specific thing that we can kind of point to. Um, but meanwhile, like lots of other people are able to you know, to find their dream job or create their dream job or to build a life around more than one interest, you know? Yeah, the um, it's not common in the United States at all, but it is in some other countries. I think that whole idea of taking that gap year between uh-huh. high school and college, I bet you a lot of people learn more about themselves in that than, than they do in four years of being stuffed in sort of the college box. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And I think it is, it is going to start becoming more common, which is good. You know, at least in the United States, I think people are beginning to get more familiar with the concept and just the value of, of traveling, the value of service work, the value of just kind of doing something different. Uh, I saw that uh, Malia Obama, you know, just accepted her, her, you know, application to Harvard. She's going to go to Harvard, but she's going to do a, a one year gap year. So I yeah. think that kind of, you know, maybe that puts a spotlight on it. More sure. people will be aware of it. So. I'm sure that one of the first questions people ask is, you know, how do you figure out what you're born to do? I think a lot of people don't know, have enough self-awareness maybe, or not, not given the opportunity to, they feel like this was my career path as, you know, dictated to me. And so I'm sure you have a lot of people that just say that, yeah, I want to do what I'm born to do, but how do I figure it out? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, self-awareness comes about through experience. You know, self-awareness doesn't come about you know, magically or, you know, something descends from the heavens. You know, there was this great quote I, I, from uh, somebody I talked to in the book. And this was a woman named Laura who had been a successful actor. She'd been on TV shows. 
So she had this kind of first career, but she wanted to do something different. And so she went down this long and winding road to, to find what that thing was. And she said, you know, it wasn't a eureka moment. It was a process of discovery, you know, that led me to something that provided the autonomy that I craved. And I really like that because, you know, process of discovery, yeah. you know, you, you start with exploring, you start with going down different paths. As I said, maybe it's nonlinear. Maybe you actually go down a path and say, actually, this is not the right one for me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was, it was for a time, but now it's not. So I'm not, not afraid to kind of go back and do something different. And I, I, so I think that's a good first step. And maybe a good second step is, you know, let, let's look at kind of all three, three factors uh, in successful work. And I, I think those factors are joy, something that you love to do, you know, money, something that's sustainable. Obviously, you talk a lot about that. And I think that's, that's critical. You know, I'm not interested in helping people with their hobby. You know, I want to help them with their careers. So it has to be sustainable. But then the third thing is, is flow or skill, like doing something that you're really good at. And I think if you think about this model, you know, this kind of leads to self-awareness. If you think, how can I get closer to something that is all three of these things, not just one, not just two, but hopefully all three. And I'm not going to get there tomorrow. It is going to be that process of discovery. Um, but I'm going to, as I make decisions, as I come to this fork in the road, you know, I'm going to think about, okay, which choice gets me closer, you know, more joy, more money, more flow in my life. You know, and it's interesting because there, uh, there are some research and some other books that have kind of addressed that, that a lot of, you know, that whole idea of, of do what you love and the money will, you know, will come mm-hmm. is sort of misses half the equation. Right? Because right, I think, exactly. I think a lot of times the work you love is because you've gotten good at it <laughs> because right. you've worked to, to learn a craft. And, and so you can enjoy that and people will pay you for that. And I think that's the part that a lot of times is missing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, Cal Newport talks about this yeah, and he says, you know, follow your skill, not your passion, yeah, basically. And, yeah. and they're actually going to be interlinked, you know, in yeah. the long term, which I think is great. One of the things you address in, in the oh, before I get onto that, there's, if you want to really know how to do it, though, there is a quiz. If you, That's right. If you really want to find what you're born for, take, take the quiz at Born for This. Uh, yeah, bornforthisbook.com. There's a quiz. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things you talk about in the book that I think is interesting, because a lot of people immediately think, okay, I have to quit my job start this thing, you know, figure out what I want to do. But you actually talk a great deal about um, designing kind of the life and the job, you know, maybe in a business that you're already in. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, one of the things that was interesting with this book in particular, like obviously I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I have this bias toward entrepreneurship. But, you know, I talk to people who are actually fulfilled in a, in a company or in an organization. And I, and I think that's great too. Like I interviewed this woman who was the first female firefighter, you know, in Mississauga, Ontario more than 20 years ago. It was her dream to become a firefighter, you know, so as much as I love entrepreneurship, you know, you can't really be a freelance firefighter, you know, you have to go through this process, you have to go through a structure, you know, and, and all of that. Um, but I looked at people who are, you know, maybe, maybe had this perspective of like, okay, I am, uh, I do want to eventually do something for myself, but for now I'm going to maybe lease my talents out, you know, to a company. And that's how I'm going to think about it. Like I'm, I'm a self-employed employee, basically. Like I might actually have a W-2 or a paycheck, but no one's ever going to care about my security and my well-being as much as I will. You know, so I'm going to you know, continue to take steps to invest in myself. I'm going to improve the kind of skills that are relevant you know, in, in a variety of jobs and careers and businesses. I'm going to maybe start a side hustle. You know, I write a lot about that, about yeah, you know, creating yeah. security through more than one income source, just like you do as well. So I feel like you know, there's more than one path, of course. But, you know, I want to help people get to something that, you know, is the right path for them, something that does bring them joy and money. And and I think that a lot of times people are of the assumption that, you know, this is the job description. So I go in and I punch the clock and I do that every day. But I think increasingly there are companies that are very open to people designing 
where their talents lie and how they can best help the company. Um, one of my daughters works for, and, and she probably gets tired of me mentioning Buffer, uh-huh. uh, but they are ve- they very much have a culture where they want people to design their job, uh, so yeah. to speak. Obviously, there's functions and things that need to get done, but I think that they're very open to them saying, here's how I'd like to use my talents. Yeah, which is which is wonderful, and hopefully she's developing all kinds of skills, and she'll be more valuable to the company first yeah. of all, you know, and then and presumably she's more valuable for herself, whatever she does next. One of the things that I think probably holds a lot of people back that have a big dream is because you know I've also got four kids and a mortgage, mm-hmm. um, so you know how sure. do, how do you kind of. Uh, I mean, because sometimes you're talking about taking risk. I mean, maybe it's yeah. calculated risk, but I mean, how right. do you kind of gather what you need to not make it feel like it is foolish? Yeah, well, I'm not a big fan of telling everybody, you know, quit your job tomorrow. That's not really my, my thing. I mean, I get, I get emails from time to time that people are like, oh, I read The $100 Startup and, and I quit my job. And I'm like, great, what are you doing now? And they're like, well, I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm like, <laughs> you kind of missed a step there, you know. Um, but I think, like, let's go to your example. Like you said, somebody with, with four kids and a mortgage. So the stakes kind of change as we get older. And I think if you are, like, if you are the 22-year-old, you have a job that sucks, well, why not, why, not, why not quit it? You know, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You walk away, like, life get, goes get on. Get another job that's sucks. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But then, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> but then the stakes, you know, the stakes get higher, like, you get older and stuff. Yeah. So that's why I feel like, um, you know, you don't leap and the net will appear. You build a net. You think, yeah, how can yeah, I build yeah. a net right now? And I've got, I've got limited time, of course, like, because I've got four kids. I've got this job. Probably something else I do. Like, everybody's busy. Um, but then at the same time, like, you know, busyness can be a benefit because you don't work with a wide open canvas. You don't work with like, I've got 50 hours next week, you know, what can I, you know, build in that time? And then I try to be on 12 different social networks, yeah. you know, I'm going to start like four websites and a blog and a, you know, podcast and everything else. But so if you've got limited time, it's like, what can I do that matters? Like, how can I spend this, these few hours, you know, building something that creates more security for myself? And then hopefully you can be more intentional about it. And, and you actually have a tool that I think is really cool that people can get uh, for free at, uh, Born for this uh, book.com uh, called a more money day um, checklist. And yeah, I got a few to, different things. You want yeah. to explain that tool? Because I think it's, I think, I think that is where people suffer sometimes is, is, you know, they go and they're really busy all day, but they don't get anything done. Right, right. I mean, so there's a couple of tools that you can get. Um, you know, one, one is actually the, the 19 steps to hustle guide. So that's kind of like, okay, I'm going to start the hustle. Uh, I, I do have limited time. What is most important? So the goal with there is like showing you, yeah. Okay, here are the important actions, like don't worry about this stuff, but do this. Uh, the Mo Money Day, as I call it, that's an exercise I developed. Or I kind of stole a part of it from, from J.D. Roth, who wrote the original blog, Get Rich Slowly. And you know, his, his pitch with the Mo Money Day is like there's lots of opportunities around us um, that we don't really take advantage of because you know, we're busy with so much else. So he takes like one day a year to kind of look at all the subscriptions he has you know, and cancel things, uh, look at things that, are, that he's, he's paying fees on that he's not using. Like he calls the bank, he calls the cable company, see if he can renegotiate something. And like these are phone calls and, and things that, that are kind of annoying or you know, maybe a little bit right. boring or monotonous. But if you take a day or half a day or whatever time you have to do this, you can actually make a lot of money. You, know, you can usually make at least a couple thousand dollars you know, yep. over the course of a year by, by paying attention to these tasks. And so most of us don't want to do them on a recurring basis. That's why you kind of set aside, okay, here's one day or one afternoon that I'm going to do them. One of the um, things that you – and I, I, I want to talk about your book promotion, which, you know, on the surface, not everybody's promoting a book, but I think part of what you do is is just a great lesson in promotion in general, but also in community building. You uh, do an insane amount of touring with books, which uh-huh. used yep. to kind of be a thing, but it's not so much a thing anymore unless you're like Bill Clinton. Right. So talk to me a little bit about your 
philosophy behind you know putting together what some people would say is uh, an insane amount of travel and <laughs> and logistics. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't sell as many books as Bill Clinton or George Bush or anybody else like that, for that matter. But, uh, but yeah, no, I guess I believe in it. So, I'm, uh, you know, at the time we're speaking right now, I'm on on a thirty city book tour. Um, you know, for the new book, I'm going lots of different places, pretty much every, just about every like large city in, in North America. Well, and except except for except Kansas. Pep, except for Kansas. Say, well, yeah, I had to say that. You're going to Omaha. God. Right. I Give know. me a well, break. It's a no. long story there. <laughs> um, so I guess for me, I, I, there's not a direct. It's not like a direct ROI. It's not like like I'm not paid to do the events, of course, yeah. and you know I'm not selling like a ton of books. And as, as you know, like royalties on books for authors is, is pretty low. You know, per copy. I guess. Uh, I see it as a long-term investment. I'm making an investment in my career. I'm making an investment in my readers, you know, in the people who come out to these events. And even if it's not like a huge number of people, I do feel like I'm building these connections and strengthening the bond and they're going to be there for me later. And, you know, I did a 50 state book tour when I first started and that was totally, you know, put together like on my own with readers, you know, with, you know, venues that offered to host me. It was very organic and grassroots. And, you know, some of those people, this is like six or seven years later, are still with me now. Yeah. And, like, we know each other. And, and so they're coming to the events. They're going to buy the next book. So I guess I, I, just, val- I just value the community aspect yeah. of it. Like, I love doing online stuff for sure. Um, you can definitely reach a lot more people. But then I, lo- I love to kind of transmit or translate that, that relationship to offline as well. Yeah, and, and you have some videos um – not, I don't know if there's necessarily one from this book tour, but from some past book tours. And to me, one thing that's quite evident is that, that people really enjoy having you there. Yeah, well, it's, we try to make it fun. I try yeah. to make it not boring also. That's the other thing is a lot of people who come out to these events, they have never been to like a book signing before, which is great because then I'm, I, you know, sometimes I'm working with bookstores, so I'm introducing them to independent mm-hmm. bookstores, mm-hmm. but also kind of like setting a standard of like, this is actually, I'm not just like standing at a podium reading to them, like we're trying to create an experience here. So try to make it fun. Yeah. Um, t- tell me about, well, you don't have to tell me necessarily, but I'd love the audience to hear about WDS. Um, I have sometimes, you know, I, I rave about uh, my experience there. And, yeah. and so people sometimes go, well, what is it about it? <laughs> and, and I've yet to be able to, def- it's one of those things you can't define very easily. Yeah, I mean, people who've been there kind of get it, and it's. But I would say to those who haven't been, uh, you know, World Domination Summit WDS is an annual gathering of creative, remarkable people from all walks of life. Um, it's not strictly a business event. Uh, we definitely have a lot of entrepreneurs there, um, but we have you know people from all backgrounds, and they're all kind of interested in answering this question: you know, how do we live a remarkable life in a conventional world? And there's lots of different strategies, you know, for how people answer that question, and and. Lots of meetups and workshops and different things that are happening. Uh, we have three days together in a big theater. We also have a lot of adventures. We've set a world record for the past three years. Uh, we have some really great parties. So I'm just trying to bring people together. Uh, it happens every year in Portland, Oregon. This year it will be in August. Now you're um, sold out, I'm guessing, uh, at the time of this uh, recording. Yes. However, uh, we're doing something new this year. Uh, because we've always been sold out like six months in advance and then people hear about it later and they're like, oh, I wish I could come, but now I have to wait 18 months or whatever. So now we have this new thing called WDS Connect. You can go to wds.fm slash connect and we're creating a new experience for everybody who doesn't have a main stage ticket. Uh, they can still register now. Uh, there's a low price ticket. It doesn't get them the theater access and some of the immersive weekend, uh, but they can come and go to lots of meetups, connect with attendees on the app. 
and we'll have some special programming for them as well. So we're trying to, to actually kind of restrict the main experience uh, to like a smaller group of people, but expand the bigger experience. So all that to say, if you're listening, I'd love for you to come. Well, and I, I think one of the things that uh, other events try to do this, but I mean, I think people, uh, the, what goes on outside of the main <laughs> theater mm-hmm. um, is equally as energizing. I think uh, if, if you were looking for, you know, if, what Chris described about people who want to live a remarkable life uh, in a conventional world. I'm not sure if I got that right, but yes, I mean, good. that's your tribe. You know, if you're looking, if, if you feel that, if that resonates at all, you will find people there that you're going to want to meet. And, uh, and Portland's kind of a fun city too. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. So Chris, where can people find out more about, we've mentioned the website a couple of times, born for this book.com. Um, I know you have some free stuff there and plus you also yep. have some, uh, some freebies, some even, you know, over and above bonuses for people that uh, get the book now. Yep, absolutely. So bornforthisbook.com, and they can look me up at chrisgillibo.com or chrisgillibo on most social. Nobody can ever spell that, but if you just type something close to it, you'll probably find me. <laughs> well, and, and uh, the tour is on there, and you've, you've got another yep. 15, 20 cities coming up here, uh, depending upon when somebody listens to this through May and June. So uh, maybe, yeah. maybe you can catch Chris out there on the road. And uh, I appreciate you joining us and taking a few minutes to talk about uh, your, your passion and uh, latest book. And uh, hope, well, I know I will see you uh, in Portland soon. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Always an honor. 